Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who sip a beer faster than Aaron Rodgers chugs one. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 481. This is the Detroit Lions crossing the summer hump. And who doesn't love a good hump? This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for that flaming pile of doom Reddit. And I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my good friend and finely coiffed co-host, Jeff Le Riz Rizdon. How are you doing, my man? Chris, I've missed you. No, with every bullet so, so far. It's been too long. We've <laughs> had we've had a lot of life we've had a lot of life interfering with our podcasting ability in the last few weeks. And uh when you texted me this morning, hey, can you go tonight? I'm like, you better believe I can go yeah. tonight, big boy. Yeah. It's so nice. It's it's so nice to get back up to the mic and be able to do this, man. And then now I had some good times. I, I admit, I went. We saw cover band this last weekend. My wife and I went down in uh, St. Petersburg, stayed at a resort. Went f- nice, real nice Italian meal. If you saw, if you see it on Twitter or on that Threads thing, we we're, we're there too now. Uh, I had some posts. When then we went to a concert. Saw a cover band. It was awesome. It was really old music. I don't know if, if you're familiar with uh, Vivaldi. <laughs> it was a string quartet. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know Vivaldi. I like calling them yes. a cover band. I don't know. <laughs> hey, what do they cover? Beethoven. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we did that. It was great. It was all like by candlelight. It was really cool. It was a great weekend for the two of us. Oh, a good time, man. So you doing well? Did you have a good so, time? A good little break? Time away? Time with your son doing some basketball? I, I have been a uh, sports dad. So AAU basketball is wrapping up with my son. We have two weekends left. Um, and this weekend is actually in Grand Rapids, so it's local for me. So we really have one, like last weekend was like the last, second to last big trip that we're ever going to get. We went down to Cincinnati for a few days and it was, it was awesome. Um, I'm going to miss it. He's going to miss it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah. between that and running around with, with other family things that are both good and bad, um, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's chaos. Hard. It's hard. To uh, I'm telling you, my son going going away for college that first year. It's hard to to push that boat away from the dock. But all right, let's get into it. Let's talk lions. Let's do our stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I'm with you though, Riz. I know your feels, buddy. I'm here to support you. I'll be a shoulder for you when we when we see each other at training camp. Uh, today yes. we got a lot to talk about. Jerry Jacobs spoke out a couple of days ago. We're gonna get, we're gonna touch up on that really quick because we hadn't uh, we hadn't covered that yet. Hadn't had a chance to. Uh, I don't know about it, if anyone's heard about this, but Stafford's been parading around with a homeless sign earlier this year. That's an interesting little story popping out. We'll get we'll get to that. Uh, also, the question of why isn't Jameer Gibbs signed? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, also. Uh, a look, and this is this is a really good one. I'm glad you brought this, uh, Riz, because this is a, a really good conversation piece. What does nine and eight mean historically from a record perspective? And then how does it re- relate to the Lions and what can they learn from it? This is, I think, a really interesting perspective as we get ready to get into to training camp. Uh, we've got Brad Holmes in the Lions cap. Uh, a long and a short-term look. We'll probably do short first, short and a long-term look. And uh, we'll talk about the, the the salary cap for the Lions, where that's at. We've got a, an announcement that you guys are going to love, and it's going to break real uh, just a yes. couple weeks here for you. And uh, that and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Oh, yeah. Carl Harden endorsement for the Modelo Chelada. Good mm. stuff. Um, I like a Chelada. <laughs> First, thank you, Taylor Cartwright, for your subscribe. Uh, if you would like to subscribe, hit the subscribe button. It's that easy. And you can hit the like button, too. That's that, that Both things are very favorable and helpful for us. We appreciate that. Um, also, just want to tell people again. I <laughs> we are changing the logo on the audio podcast soon to match all the rest of the logos. So bear with when that happens. Don't freak. Don't freak out. It's it's all okay. It'll all be fine. We're just going to change that. Um, it's probably late August, but we just want to keep telling people because people tend to miss it, especially these these, these slower summer season. Uh, also, our training camp party. It is August 5th this year. It doors open at 630. It begins at 7. We have Dan Miller. We will have somebody else as well uh, there. As usual, we always have great guests and great people. Um, August 5th this year, Dan Miller's committed and he'll be showing up at our thing. So he may have the, the straight jacket on, uh, you know, he will be there and we'll have a lot of fun with Dan. Like we usually do uh, tickets on sale. Now Detroit lions, podcast.com slash store. I guess you actually just go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com. I haven't done this for like two weeks. Party.detroitlionspodcast.com. will take you right there. Uh, it's uptown grill in uh, commerce township. It's a great place. You'll it would love to have you on board. Join us for the party. It's a great time. All right, let's start off. First thing we want to cover uh, as of we, the day we record this right now on Monday, is it? It is June 10th. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry, uh, July 10th. July 10th. July. It's like July. <laughs> we haven't been with you since June. It's July 10th. We are halfway through the summer hump. We are hitting the hump right now. Uh, the kind of dog days of summer for the NFL. Uh, we're almost there, folks. We're, 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 we're getting close. And it's 59 days until... The Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs. There we go. Looking at it. Looking at a good time. Uh, the season starts and it starts the Lions and the Chiefs in just 59 days. It's like 60 days away. I mean, it's two months and we got all the training camp still and all of the preseason. It's it's really right on top of us. So please worry not, my friends. We've got you covered with Lions uh, materials. We've got a lot of videos breaking out. We all kind of took a little bit of a break. I mean, we've been going since. Did we, I don't know that we took a break this spring. I mean, we may have taken a week in there. I think we took one week, and there was one week where Gray had to sub for me. But beyond that, was was we, we've been going since the season, so right? I mean, sliding, <laughs> going and blowing as yeah. the uh, the monster truck ads go. 
there's like four weeks a year that we take off. So just, you know, bear with. <laughs> we just need a little time. Yeah. And this is the time to do it. So we got you. All right. 59 days to the start of the season. I also want to get right into this next topic. Um, Jerry Jacobs believes the Lions are ready to shock the world in week one versus the Chiefs. It's time to show what Detroit is made of. Man, oh, man, I am excited about Jerry's. So there's some people that were writing off Jerry. Eh, he's a backup. He's not. Jerry doesn't think he is. Jerry's certain that he's a star. I was talking to him. We got a we got another brand getting ready to kick off here for, for Jerry as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's ready to rock and roll. And my guy is 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 feeling it. It wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me if Jerry Jacobs started as a cornerback on this football team regularly this year, maybe even against the the KC Chiefs. He's 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 the guy that has always had the harder road, has always had to grind harder to get there. And and when he almost gets there, it gets taken away and he's got to grind harder to get to the next one. I think it, this is the year. What are we year three now? This is the year where it all comes together. Year three is where you see what you have in a cornerback. Jerry's looked great in his first two years, other than the injury. Boy, yeah. between the moxie, the shock the world attitude, the time to show what Detroit's made of, he's 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 looking to be a guy, man. He's looking to be, he's hungry. He's a dog. He's, <laughs> he's certainly got an opportunity ahead of him to start, and some of that is because Emmanuel Mosley might not be ready and he wins that competition just because he knows the defense. He's got experience. He's shown that he can play well. Yep. And Emmanuel Mosley will have to beat him out. And there's a fair chance that Emmanuel Mosley isn't even cleared to practice until the regular season starts or after this regular season starts. His injury timeline is basically the same as Jamo's from last year. So you might not get him for a little while. And the Lions do that signing him. That's, that's yep. part of the deal why they did it. It's also part of the deal why they still have Jerry and why they're excited about Jerry, and why Jerry should be excited about his opportunity with this team because he's played well whenever he's been given a chance. He has risen to the occasion. There are times when you are reminded that he's an undrafted free agent who's bounced around, you know, colleges a little bit. But the, like you said, Chris, man, the attitude that he's got, the positivity, the effort, the relentless drive that he has to make himself better at the things that he's not, the best at those are the, like that's 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 all Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn want yeah. and the fact that he does actually produce some things on the field he's he's got it man he's uh, I I do I expect him to be starting week one I expect him to be starting for at least the first month of the season just because I don't think I don't think Mosley's going to be back and I also don't think that there's anybody else better than him opposite Cam Sutton uh, uh-huh. on the outside yeah. unless they want to Try Brian Branch out there, but even that, I, I don't know about that, man. Uh, Branch, Branch played outside of Alabama for a year. They moved him into that slot star role, um, whatever they call it, uh, money role mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at Alabama. He's kind of good at that. And, you know, you don't necessarily want to have too much thrown on his shoulders. You know, Jerry, Jerry's not a rookie anymore. This is a guy who's, who's shown he could do it. So he's I, gonna I earn think he's going to get a chance to, to show that he can do it. And he's going to get a chance to show that he can do it against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on September 7th, and which is, what, 58 days away, as you said? Yeah. I, like, yeah. I, I, know it's, I know it's that day because uh, that happens to be my wedding anniversary. So Ooh. my wife has already been prepared that uh, we will be spending our 20, what, 20, 27th anniversary 
um, with me working very, very late. <laughs> <laughs> Have a beer, sweetie. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think, I think this is the year Jerry Jacobs is going to make himself some money, whether it's with the lions or somebody else, he is going to make himself some money. Um, and, and he's got a great opportunity here. I, I want to see, do you remember the Jerry that was hassling Aaron Rodgers on the way into halftime in green Bay? And then after oh. hassling him for a while, I was like, but, but seriously, can I get a Jersey? <laughs> can I get a Jersey? Yeah. Dude, Jersey swap. I would see that Jerry in Kansas city. I would love that. I would love to see him all over Mahomes. And he's, he's, he's got no compunctions about being that guy, right? He'll do it. He will absolutely do it. So I'm, I'm excited to see Jerry. I love, I love his dude. Um, I haven't, I haven't even really asked him. I, I'll ask him, see if he wants to come out to the, the training camp party again this year. I, he brings so much, man. He brings so much in the way of, of, of just his, his, his love of life. It would be great to have him again. Let's see if we can get him. Out. Yeah. He, he's such an effervescent person too. Like he, you can tell that he enjoys being who he is. He's not, he's not somebody that's trying to be somebody that he's not. And I, I have a great deal of respect for, for people that are like that. You're getting the 100% genuine dude the whole time. Yep. And we talk about that. That's, that's one of the reasons why Dan is such a good coach, that authenticity that wasn't there in lions past. And Jerry, Jerry, Jerry is cut from that cloth, man, to, to borrow from their oft used phrase, man, that, that, that's who he is. And that it's easy to see why they like him aside from the fact that he's a pretty talented dude too. I love that we were the first ones in on him too. I mean, we just, you saw it, man. You saw it in that guy. Sometimes, sometimes you hit him, man. That's that's the way it works. You could just see it with him. God. And he's such a good dude. Such his story is so compelling. You know what I mean? Just how he got everything he's been through. It's, it's, it's just, he's a, he's a tough kid. kid, So, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. We got another topic here. This is one that's a little bit fun, not directly related to today's lions, but it is lions tangentially related. Matthew Stafford, according to SI, was paraded around for a trade at the beginning of this, of this offseason. Um, the quote is, the Rams feverishly attempted to trade Matthew Stafford, but they be, and because of and weren't able to due to the $59 million hanging in cap and contract and bonuses there. Um, It's one of those things where if you want to try to get him off of your, off of your roles, you're going to have to give picks on top of just yes, Matthew Stafford. You can't just like trade him. Like you couldn't even just give him away. Right. You'd have right. to give something else in addition to Matthew Stafford it's, for that. It's cost. like when the Lions drafted him under the old CBA yes. and they they did everything that I've heard. And I, I was not covering this professionally at that time, but everything I've heard is that they did, in fact, try to shop that pick. And teams were like, OK, what are you going to give us to take it off of your hands? Because the price tag for the number one pick was so punitive that it actually was a bad thing to have it because the talent almost couldn't live up to it because of the, the high exorbitant salary. They got fixed after Sam Bradford the next year. But, yeah, the, nobody's, nobody's first off. This, is, this seems to me like the situation where um, I, I've told the story before. When I sat at the Senior Bowl and I sat behind Bill Belichick, it's like three or four rows behind him, sitting with a, 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 a then the Redskins scout. Sean Payne comes up to him and says, hey, what do you want for that Brady guy? And I said, I could have credibly reported Sean Payton inquires about Tom Brady or 
uh, Patriots fielding trade offers for Tom Brady. And I would have been semantically correct, but I would not have been ethically correct. <laughs> yes. And I, there, there's a whole lot of that kind of stuff that goes on and you can construe that. And like, so I've heard, honestly, Chris, that's the first I've heard that Matthew Stafford has yep. been, I, I, I have not been plugged in much, but I, I have heard, um, I've seen rumors that the Lions were going to make a blockbuster trade for Cooper Cup. Come on. Come on. Yeah, that that's people reaching for, um, for and, content. And Aaron Donald, summer. too. And, and there was one outlet that suggested that we could get both for like a second round pick. I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how any of this thing works. Uh, yeah, sure. It's a nice thought to think about. You can do it as a thought exercise, but if you actually believe that those things are happening, be better than that. It's SI, but the thing that it, and, and this is just so you know, this is supposedly from Michael Lombardi said that the Rams, okay. okay. So it's not the Rams saying it. It's not SI supposedly. So they've, they've, they've got a, uh, okay. So they, they're, they're sourcing he, Michael Lombardi who works for uh, VSIN now. And he made the revelation. Network. He made yeah. the revelation on the Pat McAfee show. Um, okay. So, so this is I where it's, it's coming from. This, that, so. this is crazy. If you think about it. Okay. So there's a couple things here. One, does this make uh, Sean McVay seem like he might be a little fickle with his quarterbacks? To sign that big old honking contract, and then all of a sudden, in two years, you're out of love with them. And, and I, I think Stafford, I think Stafford's a separate exception because of his age and the fact that he's broken his back twice right. and has openly talked about potentially retiring. Like, yeah. hey, if I can get something for this, when I know he's a depreciating asset, yeah, what do you do when you have a depreciating asset? You dump it before it depreciates further. <laughs> if if they are in fact trying to dump him, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to cut their losses, so to speak, and, and try to get as much return as they can on somebody who's probably not going to be there. I, I certainly wouldn't expect him to sign another contract. I think his contract functionally is done after 2024. He might not even last that long. Who knows? Yep. Working back um, suck. Dr. Detroit <laughs> hits it, right? You're thinking about the Lions trade. Stafford was probably the best thing ever for both teams. And this was the conversation we talked about it. Remember, people were freaking out when it happened. I remember Sandman and you and I having that quote unquote emergency podcast before everybody started doing emergency ones. Um, And and we talked about this. And then the thing was, was, look, this is going to be. You know, the winners of the trade in year one are going to be the Los Angeles Rams. It's just the way it's going to be. The Lions can't win with that. Yep, they absolutely did. See me in three years, see me in five years, and then we'll talk about what the winners look like and the losers look like in that trade. Right now, we're at the point where, you know what, they got their Super Bowl. There's no way we would have. And we got a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of picks, and Jerry Goff, who seems to be trending in the right direction, uh, working with Ben Johnson. Um, at this point, I feel like, hey, we've got a future. They got what they were going to get. They, they blew their wad, and they, and they got it. Um, we're at this point now yeah, bless where them. they went all in, and, and it worked. That's what we want. That's what you want as a fan, yeah. right? Like, yep. you want they – were, they were on the cusp. They needed an upgraded quarterback to get them over the top, and they got it. Yep. And yep. now they're, you know, they're, they, they have a very good chance of being the worst team in football this year. Yep. Look at their defensive roster outside of Aaron Donald. Like it's, it's barren. Like, no, there's not a question in the world that any Lions starter other than, than who would ever replace Aaron Donald 
would be the starter on the Rams defense. Like no no question about it. Like they're they're that barren of talent now. But they did that in order to win a title. If I'm a Rams fan, hell yeah, man, give me the title. I caught one. That's fantastic. Yep. Yep. You know, it, there was different now, motivations and, from the different teams to make it happen. And in, and, and they I, don't I, care. I, I think it's great. That that's what you want from a trade. You want it both sides to feel like they're getting advantages out of it. That yep. that's that's what trades are all about. You can't be disingenuous and try to rip everybody off of them. Nobody's going to trade with you. Yeah. Well, and in LA, they got their, their, their title. They're happy. And now they don't care if they're the worst team in football because they've got, uh, well, I don't they know, got Lakers, it. but they've got, they've got the Clippers. They've got the, they've got uh, Anaheim Ducks. They've got the Kings. They've got plenty of sports. And Chargers might by, be pretty darn good this yep. year too. And by the way, when sports aren't going on, there's a lot of things to do around there. It's a fickle, fickle fan base. They're there for the wins, and then they're they're out and doing something else. And, and LA is kind of a, a nifty place like that. But they got what they needed. The Lions, uh, yep, Prison Mike said it. The, the Rams are winners, no matter what. We're also winners. That's that's really yeah, what that was. I agree. Um, and and Don Burr. Can't miss him. Uh, I have to give Brad Holmes props for using the extra draft capital correctly because could you imagine Bob Quinn or Mayhew with that capital to vie job at best? <laughs> uh, oh God, I can't even remember what the the Florida cornerback, the slow guy. Um, why can't Jeez, I remember? Tabor. Thank you, Tease. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Didn't even play in the USFL. That's how, that's how slow that career went. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. made a lot of mistakes there. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, what the Lions got? What aside from Goff, which is obviously the headliner, they got the pick for Jamo. They got Kirby Joseph, and somebody else came out of it too. I'm blanking on it. It's a good trade. Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. It has significantly and positively impacted the Lions. It has accelerated their rebuild process, no doubt about it. Like the the the, the Stafford era had run its course in Detroit. Not necessarily Matthew Stafford. In fact, it wasn't Matthew Stafford's fault, but it didn't work out, no. um, especially at the end. You know, he was – he needed to go. Like, they, they had to get rid of that in order to do the things that they needed to do to get where they are now, which is a team that is poised to win its first ever NFC North title, host a playoff game. At bare minimum, I think we expect them to be – a nine and eight team like they were last year. And that probably gets you into the postseason in the NFC this year. Yeah. Whether we'll, we'll talk more about the nine and eight stuff later, but none of that happens if they don't, if, if they're still hanging on to Matthew Stafford, like none of this is here. Yeah. 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 So this is <laughs> nothing. Against, and that's not, that's nothing against Stafford. That's just, that's the way it was. They were ships on different courses. They had to, yeah. had to do their thing. Exchanging glances. All right, so there we go. Uh, Matthew Stafford walking around with "I need a home" sign. Uh, that's that's interesting, and and it is you know it is what it is. I can't imagine the without the capital that we got for him, and having him at the wane of his career right now, the kind of disastrous state that Lions fans and the Lions team would be in at this point. Like people would be doubting Holmes. People would be doubting Campbell. I can just I can't imagine where we would be all that capital was where, where what we needed for that roster after Quinn yeah. and, uh, and uh, Maddie, not P to mention left. the salary cap relief that it provided. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you're talking about the Rams having to pay him $59 million this year. Like that's, that's a lot of players uh, on a team that needed a lot of players to raise the floor. You know, that 
there were you go back to the the end of the Patricia era, and there were so many guys on that roster who are not viable, legitimate NFL players. And by and large, the Lions have raised the bottom of the roster significantly at just about every spot across the roster. And and that doesn't happen if you're in cap hell, because then you got to keep paying those minimum wage veterans. Um, and you, you do have to get lucky with guys like Jerry, who are minimum wage street for agent, undrafted for agents. You got to get some of those that hit. But yeah, it, but if you've got that salary cap commitment, you're like, oh man, I got to try to make this work. I got to try to win. And, and maybe you're not giving a guy like Jerry a shot. And instead you're chasing after a guy who maybe got cut by the Colts over here, or maybe a guy who's yep. like, Yep. Just run out of steam with Seattle over here. We're trying to bring him in and patch it all together. Yep. Uh, that's that's there's there are examples of teams that have done that, and they wind up, you know, it, it's the old the rest coaches. of the development thing. It never works for them, but it could work for us. Yeah, they always wind up with new coaches, is what they wind up with. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the next topic. This is, this is a kind of a fun one. Should be a quickie though. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fundraising for infection. Um, this is, this is, we, we, we got some news today, some sad news. Um, Larry Nasser, he, he was in prison and wound up being stabbed multiple times, got shivved. And, um, unfortunately he survived. Um, what we want, what we're thinking of doing is maybe doing a fundraiser for some money and, um, and, and, and just get as much money together as we can for the inmate that manages to get those uh, wounds infected and finishing the man off. And then we'll just deposit all that money into his commissary so he can live like a king in the, as he serves the rest of his time. Uh, I saw that he was stabbed Sounds today. Great. <laughs> I saw that he was stabbed today. I was just like, good. I was on, like I said, I was a little disappointed that he was it's funny. Uh, um, I'm sitting at home this morning and my wife, we're, we're in the same room sort of having coffee together. I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter, doom scrolling, and I'm like, oh, Larry Nasser got stabbed. My wife, you know my wife a little bit. She's a pretty mild-mannered person, not not somebody who oh, she's like, this is wild. good. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> There's some buttons you know are you, can, you, you yeah. can, will get pushed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm very hopeful that the infection that nearly killed my father this summer, um, which is one of the reasons why I've been off, um, go and guess him. My dad had a post-surgical infection that involves some flesh-eating bacteria. Um, thankfully, he's over that now. Finally, it took some time. Um, I hope that that same affliction hits Larry Nasser because my dad was in absolute hell for a little bit, and uh, I would love to see a person like that suffer yeah, yeah. more. Please. All right. Uh, with that, let's get on to uh, yes. this one. Came up too early. Yeah, screw that guy. Oh, yeah. How does it pass it really quick? Um, big question. Jameer Gibbs. Why isn't Jameer Gibbs signed yet? Riz, should we should we sound the alarm? Um so, are, are we in deep uh, hold on? 
are we in deep trouble? Is this the end of an era? Is he going to hold out? Remember, they used to hold out the rookies. This, what's going on? He doesn't want to play here. This is he. Uh, he and Jamo are leaving. What the hell? Oh, help! Help! Comate the. Let me let me find the thing because there's 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 a bunch of guys that aren't. And I gotta I gotta find the. Hold on. All right. He is not signed yet. That is correct. Uh, and there are reasons for that. You know what I do here. I hit the wrong button. There's a bunch of them that aren't signed. I'm trying to find the list here. All right. Jimmy Gibbs. So, oh, but while the, we're looking, the big thing is panic. Make sure you panic. This while was we something. So one of the things that happened was this morning before we agreed to do the show tonight, I was thinking about doing a quickie on this because it's come up a lot in social media comment sections. Like, why isn't he signed? Um, and where's it at here? Dang, dang. Good Lord. I can't even find it now. Ah! Stand by. So everyone be, be very afraid and worried <laughs> right now. <laughs> I found about it. Gibbs not right. being signed. It's obviously the end of an era for coaching and front okay. office staff. Here's who's not signed yet. Bryce Young. <gasps> CJ Stroud. <gasps> Anthony Richardson. Oh, they're going. Devon Witherspoon. Oh, they're going down. Jameer Gibbs. That's it. Will McDonald. Emmanuel Forbes. Christian Gonzalez. That's it. They're starting so their own football is, league. They're all leaving. Maybe, maybe, maybe they are all defecting to Canada. I don't know. Maybe they like the fires up there. I don't know. Um, the big thing is that there's not really anything for the first rounders to negotiate other than potentially like offset language. If they get injured something like that, like, but there's, there's no, like your salary's set. There's no wiggle room there. Uh, it could be that maybe they're waiting for camp to start. Maybe they're waiting. There's, there's any number of reasons he's, he's not just, he's not just the paranoia has got to stop. Hold up. This is it. Jordy's on to something. Jameer hasn't signed because he thinks running back shouldn't be picked in the top 15 due to positional value. So he's negotiating a smaller salary. That makes sense. Thank you, Jordy. Like the he, cut of your gym, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to worry about. Like people, some of it is the fact that we're in the, the summer hump. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people like to have the camel spit on them. That's don't, by the way, don't ever stand behind a camel or in front of a camel. Stand beside a camel. Camels can kick. They can disembowel you with their kick, much like an ostrich. It's very strength. And they spit habitually, whether they're excited or angry. Don't ask me how I know that, but my Uncle Marvin uh, knows that very well because it's happened to him. I, I think I like gout talk better. <laughs> All right. That was um, good. Doing good, by the way. <laughs> Old BK, USFL is making its move. A la Herschel Walker. That's right. That's right. They're getting the they're taking these picks and doing something with them. Yeah. Just don't 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 stress about it. People in Carolina are not like burning down whatever whatever they call their field now because Bryce Young isn't signed. CJ Stroud hasn't signed in Houston yet. I I would venture a guess that ninety nine percent of Texans fans don't know that. Like it's just not something that you need to worry about. Um, I you don't need to worry about it until not even at the start of camp. Like he could technically yeah. practice without signing. He's done that before. So July nineteenth. Can't play regular season game without signing. Well, that's, and it's it, but it's deal. dangerous to play without signing, right? Because if you get it injured, is. then you're well, really he is covered. 
there there is some insurance that his agent is responsible for. That's one of the reasons why agents get their cut um, on the anticipated salary ahead of time is so they can pay for the insurance premiums on things like that. Should Gibbs suffer a career-ending injury before he signs his contract, that there are stipulations. That's one of the that's one of the risks that an agent takes upon them when they hire somebody as a client. Right, 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 right. Interesting. All right, so there you go. Not signed. Don't worry about it, folks. It's okay. Not a worry. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And we'll be there. And I, I guarantee he'll be signed by the 19th of July. Guarantee it. That would be a reporting date. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's, that's, that's still technically unofficial. That's when they're going to be there. <laughs> um, coaches report on the 18th. Rookies on the 19th. And I think it's the 22nd for vets. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we get we get several practices that are going on before practices are open to the public, which I think starts on the 29th, maybe. Yep. 29th is the I first public practice. Something like that. First public there, practice there are the there, there are five five scheduled practices only open to credential media beforehand. Uh, unfortunately, I will only be able to make two of those, but uh, I will be there for the rest okay. of the camp. There you go. Or any other weird maladies hitting my family. Speaking of coaches reporting on the 18th, um, we will have right before training camp begins a prominent member of the Detroit Lions coaching staff on the show. And I'll leave it at that. Oh, I know, I'm not gonna say. Who it is. I know can I, can I say can I say who it is? Not yet, not yet, not yet. Uh so we we, we, we it's it we're we're all set there. You guys are gonna love this interview, you're gonna love the conversation uh it's a good time we're, we're we're talking about some other stuff too as well so uh stay stay tuned to that um but yeah it's going to be a great interview uh it'll be long form and uh, you guys can you can watch it get printed in some of the uh the blogs afterward uh it's it's going to be a great interview though it's 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 going to you guys are going to love it so stay tuned very shortly it's about 2 weeks out 2 weeks out we will do our uh our coaching interview coach interview uh for the detroit lions um also don't forget about your tickets for dlp training camp uh parties on august 5th we have dan miller showing up we have myself ash uh we have jeff of course will be there and we'll have a special guest we always have other special guests uh last year it was jerry jacobs um we've had all kinds of great we've had jim brands there all kinds of great people enjoy get your tickets go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com it's the uptown grill in commerce township we got the room to ourselves whoever the guest was like last year jerry he stood he took pictures and signed for everybody in the room um it's it's a it's an intimate blandino was a great guest he was very gracious he 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 wound up sitting with at tables with a lot of people like answering their questions he was honest he was candid yep um very much it it was cool everybody who was there is now a Dean Blandino fan. Yeah. And they did not go into that room feeling that way necessarily. We yeah, did because te- we know Dean. We like Dean. Yeah, He's a good dude. Him. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah. Tactile Puma. We are teases. There's, there's a couple things going on, right? It's the summer. There's, we're not going to make up stuff and, and have us, you know, talking about things that aren't real. Like it's a terrible, you know, like, Oh my gosh, Jeff, Jared Goff. He's, 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 he's stepping on little children's feet, whatever, you know, the stuff that people make up and then they talk about it for three weeks. Then everyone hopes they forget about it and how, how disingenuous that they were as a supposed journalist or news outlet. So it's sometimes, sometimes it's a necessary evil of my profession, but I hate it. And I can tell you that most of us, not all of us, but most of us, hate that you know the people that are taking our work 
and repurposing it and reappropriating it and occasionally giving us credit for it. Um, they love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would just advise you to know where you're getting your information from. Yep. There's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of great people that cover the Lions and other teams. There's a lot of great national analysts out there. There are some that aren't. You'll hopefully be able to discern between the two. Uh, And I hope that you find myself personally and this podcast and Michael Gray with us and the people that we associate ourselves with to be in the people that you want to get information from and get reliable information from Mm -hmm. um, and understand when we're telling you something that's our opinion versus something that is a fact. And the people who state their opinions as facts are probably not the people that you want to be listening to very often. Yep. All right. Um, Okay. We're going to get into the next topic. I'll I'll walk past that. Um, The lions, they were a nine and eight team last year. And it started out, it was a tough start to the season. They really turned it on at the end. There was the crazy loss to Carolina that nobody expected. They just missed the playoffs. They got the great win over the Green Bay Packers to end the year. Kirby Joseph ran Aaron Rodgers out of the league. Uh, it was absolutely spectacular. He's out of, well, he's out of the, the NFC, year. so I guess that's the league. He's out of the conference. He's in New York. It was a spectacular end to the year, and we saw the uh, you know the Lions launching into the offseason with with you know now high expectations across the NFL for for the team. Now, Jeff had a really really great article he put together, and we're going to talk about it because it, it's it's not only a great article on its own, but it's a great conversation starter about the other teams that have been nine and eight. And there's only been 17 games for a short period of time, but there's actually a surprising number of teams that have gone nine and eight. And the idea, the, the thing is then what happened, right? What happened next after going nine and eight? And that's what Jeff talks about in the, in the article. I think this is really, really cool. And uh, let's, let's dive into it. it was, Jeff. You want to, it was fun to research this. So I, I got the idea because this is prediction time. This is the time of year where you do these things. And I'm like, what happened with the nine and eight teams? Just like, as I'm taking a crap one day, I'm like, these are the thoughts that come into my head. I'm like, there hasn't, so the first year that they played 17 games was 2021. So there's only one year of data of teams that went nine and eight and what they did the next year. Interestingly enough, five teams went nine and eight in 2021. So I thought there would be maybe two. I knew who one of them was. I'm thinking, oh, there can't be more. There don't want to be five of them. So I had to do more research than I anticipated on this and more and writing all five teams, <laughs> but yeah. And, but it, it wound up being good because there was a lot of parallels, especially with a couple of the situations were very analogous to what happened with the lions in their season to get to nine and eight. And then when they went from, and I think the one that was the most was the Miami dolphins. Yep. Now there, there's, there's some differences there, but let me, let me refresh this. Cause I wrote that part on Saturday. And uh, it's Monday now. So remember, the Lions were one and six. Dolphins were actually one and seven in 2021 before they finished nine and eight. Yeah. And they did it. Listen to this. Their defense got a lot better during the season. Funny how that works. Tua stopped turning the ball over later in the season, much like Jared Koff did (laughs) that last year. So what did they do? Oh, even we, we talked about the Carolina loss. Dolphins fans, and I, and I, I talked to a, a Dolphins fan uh, slash coverer who's been on this podcast in the past. I'll leave it at that so you can figure out who it is. Go back in your archives and look it up. 
they had a loss much like our Carolina loss. They were in control of their own playoff destiny going into Week 17, and they lost 34-3 to to the Tennessee Titans yep. in a game where the Titans ran for 297 yards. Yep. Sound yep. familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So what yeah. happened with Miami last year? They went 9-8, and eight, made the playoffs, made a wild card. They did that. New head coach. Their offense actually fell back. Their, no, I'm sorry, their defense fell back. Um, their offense stayed about the same, but they they got better. They added, they added Tyreek Hill. They got more explosive on offense. Their offensive line stabilized a little bit. They got better on special teams. And even though their record stayed the same, they wound up being a better team, and they made the postseason. So that that's good. Would, let, me, let me ask you this, Chris, and I will ask the, the crowd. Converse. After you've liked and, and subscribed, you can comment. And would going nine and eight and not winning the division because there's a team in your division that's just great? Um, I don't know who that would be in NFC North, but it could fun. happen. Mm-hmm. Could happen. It could. Um, and coming close in a playoff game to a good, they lost to a good Buffalo team in the postseason. Like I, I think, I think after the initial disappointment, I think most players fans would consider that season kind of a success. Like okay, we're climbing. You know, we. we the record might be the same, but I think I think the defense got better. The offense you know, fell back to earth a little bit, but we're climbing up, and then we're building for something next year. We've got our we've got our playoff beak wet. Yes, someone's making that, that, popcorn. That was that was the thing. With, I froze there. Sorry. Yeah, it, um, that was the Dolphins. Can I? Uh, can I? You, can I do the Chargers sure. next? Do you mind? Because this one was yes, the one that I please really, do. That I, I like this one. I don't want to steal because I'm going I'm, I'm to lead you. Then the, the, the team after that, I'll let you do no, that because they're a good one. But go the Chargers, it. man, this is the one that is I I really loved. You know, finished nine and eight in uh, Brandon Staley's first season at the helm. Um, and this is the thing that kills me: they were ranked fifth in scoring offense, but 29th in defense. And it was like. What? Oh my God, that sounds so so familiar, right? Uh, and that's that's where how they wound up on that that nine and eight route. You know, it's like wow. So in the next year, right, the defense ticked up to twenty second. The offense ticked back a little bit to thirteenth because Justin Herbert had to deal with who? Joe Lombardi, and uh, <laughs> and he. This is great. This is great. Who largely validated why Detroit dumped him years earlier. <laughs> It's great, great line. Riz. I am throwing <laughs> um, petty sometimes, but even though they cycled through three kickers, they were uh, they only got five years from their from Joey or five games from Joey Bosa. Uh, they wound they trended up to a ten and seven p- uh, finish, a playoff berth, a wild card matchup that they led twenty seven to zero before charging <laughs> a loss to the Jags thirty one to thirty. But that that to me feels very very similar to what we're setting up now and, and i'm not skipping the team before right I, we can come but yeah. I, I i think I, I smell a combination between the chargers and the team after that you wrote about i i feel like that's kind of in the in the the, the 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 kind of circle of where the lions are and i don't want to give it away so go ahead Riz, I'm and, and this this is why i this is this is me using as much of my history degree as i can it one of the things one of the things that you learn when you study history i majored in history don't do that kids it's a bad idea but i did it I learned how to apply historical trends and, and historical events 
and see how they impact and, and build for the future. And does history repeat itself? Things like that. That's These are the things that you learn as a history major. And this was very fascinating to me to go through this and, and see it. And the Chargers and the, Dol- the Dolphins stood out to me as the most you know analogous to it. Um, there's another team, the Colts. The Colts were going the other direction. I think everybody knew it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they changed from, from Carson Wentz um, to Matt Ryan. I didn't Matt expect Ryan, Ryan to be have anything left. that bad, though. I didn't think Matt Ryan was going to be no. that And it was crazy because when, when the Lions were down in Indianapolis um, for the joint practices, Matt Ryan looked really good. Like, yeah. people were like, oh, yeah, it's good. And, and it just it just didn't work. And, like, they – they got old at wide receiver. Um, T.Y. Hilton just wasn't reliable anymore. Their offensive line regressed some. Their defense had gotten old, and some of the guys that they had gotten in to replace some of those old guys just didn't develop as expected. Guys like Quiddy Pay. Yeah. I think Quiddy Pay is going to be a good player, but he just wasn't what they needed. Right. And you could you could tell with everything going on that it just wasn't going to work. And then they 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 fired, they fired Frank Reich and replaced him with Jeff Saturday out of the booth. Um, out of the blue, too. Like out of the blue, bro. That was like, what in the hell? What? 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 Yeah. (laughs) So, so they wound up. What were they? Let me find their. They were what four? They were four eleven, four twelve and one last year. I don't think anybody thinks that the Lions are going backwards. And if even even if they do regress, they're they're not going to be. That's so that that that's that's the one where. You can't take a lot from that because there's nothing about that situation that's similar other than the record. Yep. And that's one, of the, that's one of the reasons why you have to study and have the context behind these things. Because if you just look and say, if you write the article and say, oh, oh well, they went from 98 to 4 and 12. Well, if you don't include why and how it happened and the circumstances around it, you're not telling the story. Yep. And that, that's, that's laziness. I, I hate laziness. So, so, so I want you to, I, I I want you to get into the, the city of brotherly love here because this story is, I think this and the Chargers combined is something that, that yeah. where the Lions turn into. Right. And it's odd where they found the so, turnaround. I don't, I'll, I'll leave it all to right. you. So, you know what? I, I will do, I will save everybody my stammering. I will read what I wrote on this one. I wrote this one Sunday night um, after I had been in the car for five and a half hours with teenage athlete stink um, driving home from Cincinnati to Grand Rapids. Um, the 21. 21- the 2021 Eagles rose up to 9-8 after an unexpected down year in 2020. Quarterback Carson Wentz devolved, and the NFC champs in 2019 plummeted to a last-place 4-11-1 finish heading into 2021. Changing to Jalen Hurts at quarterback and rookie head coach Nick Sirianni in, in 2021, they started slowly, bringing a 2-5 and five record into a Halloween visit to Ford Field. So 2-5. Two 2-5. And five. Two and five. Sounds familiar. That's, that's almost 1-6. <laughs> They're 44 to 6 annihilation of the Lions that day. And most of us will remember that as the lowest point of the Dan Campbell era. Yep. Yep. 44 6 was the springboard to a strong finish. The Eagles got back to the postseason, finished 9 and 8, and they barely lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the wild card round. So that's that's the context of them going nine and eight. Let me what really happened quick, the next year? But really quick, really quick before we jump there, all right. I want I, I want to say yeah. That game against the Lions was the springboard for that team winning the Super Bowl. 
That's where, where, where everything turned yes. around for them. Right. And the lions have had a similar, I mean, I, I, I might say it was the green Bay game, but there was a, a, a number of games last year that you could say the lions turned it around on, right. That became that real springboard. And it was before the green Bay game, but I think the green Bay, I would, I would game, say the Jacksonville game, because yeah. that Jacksonville wound up being a very, they were the team that beat the chargers in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I I look at back at that game as the one where like okay I'm starting to I'm starting to buy this I'm starting to drink this Kool Aid now the turnaround that's the one right absolutely the turn, yeah. I would say the turnaround happened but I and and I'm 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 not trying to play semantics with you right I think I really do believe that last game against Green Bay is the springboard game and we look back after the season yeah. that's the game that's going to launch the 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 Lions to whatever their apex is at a team. From this point forward, yes. that's the game that's going to that, that is really launching them up. Okay, so sorry, I didn't want to. I, I just wanted really no, quick. No, I, I don't disagree with those, that at all. That's that's. that's I want to tie those answer. things yeah, so, together so, for the teams there. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Yep. So now we're going to twenty twenty two. The Eagles doubled down on Hurts, and remember, this is me being parathetical here. There were a lot of Eagles fans and a quite a bunch of national analysts who were like, "They need a quarterback. They need Malik Willis. They need somebody." <laughs> Better than Jalen Hurts, they need to go out and get Matt Ryan. Remember, they were talked about for Mara. They were talk, they were talked about as a team that could trade for for Matthew Stafford. Um, there were some people that suggested that they should go trade for Jared Goff and try to resuscitate his career. Yeah. But no, they doubled down on Jalen Hurts. You know what else they did? They traded for AJ Brown. They signed CJ Gardner Johnson. They stole him from the Saints. They stole him. Yeah. Still don't get that one from the Saints, but. That's that's what good teams do. They wind up getting good players um, unexpectedly. Didn't they have a fire sale that and year in New Orleans? Wasn't that it? They were cap destroyed. I don't they, remember. They were. They, yeah, they were. Um, and we will talk about them because they are, in fact, the fifth team that went nine and eight in twenty twenty one. But uh, yeah, so um, those were brilliant moves by the front office, catapulting to the Eagles to a fourteen and three finish in an NFC Championship. And I, I wrote this. Philadelphia's follow-up to the nine and eight finish in twenty twenty two is the Lions' goal for twenty twenty three. That's if you if you're a Lions fan and you're going to be upset that they win an NFC Championship game but lose the Super Bowl. Sorry, yeah, I, I can't be friends with you. Can't be. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Well, they'll be the one. It, 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 it was great. <laughs> like it's uh, it's that, and the fact that they did it by sort of doing what the Lions did in in the strong offensive line, a quarterback that had quite a few skeptics, even after he played fairly well. Um, And instead of, you know, going out and like they did, they did swap backups. They they did get better at backup, but they, they, they're like, Hey man, Hertz is our guy. Let's go with him. And it, it freaking worked, man. And it's, so this <laughs> is the thing, like, I mean, look, Hertz is a younger guy. I, I get that, but they doubled down with golf. They, they made a move like that. And oh. golf, like they're after, you know, seven games last year, I, I would say the fan base was pretty split, pretty hard. The New England Goff. and Miami games. He, he was personally responsible mm-hmm. for those losses. And but, that was tough to watch. Yep. Yep. And, and so it's turned around and the team has doubled down on golf in Detroit. So that's interesting. Yes, I think about it then from a coaching perspective, because you got Sirianni in Philadelphia, right? And, and the chargers were an interesting one and it had a, a had a, a kind of a, and it, you know, they had every chance to win that playoff game before they chargered it up in the end. But they also had like Joe Lombardi, right? We've got Ben Johnson. 
That's a whole different thing, right? So I, some of these, when you're, you start tying some of these things together as to how some of these teams have built from a coaching perspective, from a player perspective, I see, I mean, like I said, in, in all the stories we have that we go through, I really tied the Chargers story and the Eagles story together with, with where the Lions are going. And, and just with the coaching alone, I lean a heck of a lot more towards the Eagles side of this story than I do even the Chargers or any, you know, certainly not the Colts, right? But uh, very, yeah. very interesting. Okay, sorry, Riz. I, I was just yeah. going to. And, and then the last, the last one was the Saints. Uh, 2021 was Sean Payton's last year. Uh, they rode Jameis that season. Um, they actually started five and two. Jameis got hurt. They they cycled through a cavalcade of crap at quarterback. Um, last year they brought in the Andy, so they finished um, nine and eight. Last year uh, they wound up uh, with with. And by the way, their defense was really really good at and that's that the end of that season. But uh, they they wound up following up by getting Andy Dalton in there as the quarterback. Jameis was was there but wasn't trustworthy. Defense was still really good. Uh, the offense, and by the way, their special teams were awful last year. They had the worst kicker in the league. They had the worst punter in the league, and they had the third worst return units combined punt and kick in the league. That's special teams matter, folks. Dave Fipp preaches that all the time, and he's right. Yeah. Uh, they went up seven and ten last year. That they, they actually their their season win total over under going into last season was five point five. They actually overachieved getting to that. So it's tough to draw a lot of conclusions from that other than the way that they formed a defense, and much of that defense was formed when Aaron Glenn was there and an assistant coach on that. He wasn't the coordinator, but he was an assistant coach, and Dan Campbell was part of that that coaching staff. It worked, and it sustainably worked. They, I wrote it in here. They only allowed 59 points in the final five games. Um, of of the 2022 2021 season to get to that nine and eight mark, so you know there's there's not a lot of parallels you can draw from that. But I just thought it was interesting to go through this and see you know where the teams got to be nine and eight and how they progressed off of it. And I think, like you said, I think the Chargers, the Dolphins, but especially the Eagles are the ones that you want to look at as being the most pertinent. And I would say, you know, I I I, I leaned most towards Miami. Uh, because they had a quarterback in Tua that, quite frankly, there's still a lot of skepticals about. I'm still skeptical of Tua. I would much yeah. rather have Jared Goff than Tua Tagovailoa running my franchise. Mm-hmm. That's not even a question to me. Um, give me Goff 100 days out of 100. But Tua overcame. They strengthened the roster around him. They made a couple of nice draft picks on their offensive line. They got better. They, they uh, and And I think that the Lions can be that kind of team that – even if they only go nine and eight again, or maybe uptick to just ten and seven, I think that gets them into the playoffs. And what was the lottery saying, Chris? You can't win it if you ain't in it. Yep. And uh, and we've seen. You never I know, mean, like we we watched yeah. teams like the Jaguars beat the Chargers, which was unexpected, right? It was twenty seven nothing. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> unexpected. Anything can happen once you get in. We watched a nine and seven Giants team win the Super Bowl, right? Once you get in, anything can happen. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Once you get in, anything can happen. Look at look at the Bengals the year they went to the Super Bowl. They were the last seed in the AFC that year. Yeah. And Jared Goff right now, Jared Goff right now is a top five in the NFC quarterback. In the NFC, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that, yeah, that not, gets not that even, potentially gets you to the Super Bowl. 
win yeah. the NFC, right? A top five in the in the in the in the conference. There you go. I mean, if you get the team around him, and and let's let's face it. I mean, you talk about his turnovers last year. I mean, and we've seen some of the 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 the, the throws he's doing in workouts with some with Amon Ra and some of the other guys. He's throwing the ball with his Ooh, eyes, eyes closed. closed. Yeah, of course. No, that's probably what he was doing. He was throwing those interceptions. He forgot to open his eyes. I think he's he's got. That's the training he's got from Ben Johnson. <laughs> What's that called? Three sixty no scope. Is yeah, three sixty no scope. Oh God, I wish I, I, had, I got to get that drop. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, no, that's I, I, Jared Goff and Ben Johnson and what they've done and how they've grown and worked together. It's, it's there's there's something very symbiotic about the pair of them and what they're doing with this offense. Excellent uh, word choice. I do not think, you know, people I've heard people lamenting. What if they get figured out this year? I don't think people are going to figure them out this year. I think they're going to be just as innovatively and different, uh, innovative and different that than uh, as they were this year than as they were last year. I'm not concerned about them getting quote unquote figured out. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. And I, I think as we've like, we talked about the regression in Miami of the, of the, the offense or in Indianapolis in particular with the new quarter with uh, Matt Ryan coming in after Phil rivers. Um, I, I don't see a regression of our offense this year. I just don't see it. We've upgraded at running back by significant margin, our wide receivers, significant margin. Our offensive line is as healthy as they're going to be other than in Frank, Rag, Frank Ragnall's toe. We'll get that taken care of, right? We'll <laughs> he'll carry that team to the to the end of his he, days. He knows how to manage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the offense is going to regress. I really, honestly, don't. I think that the magic of this team this year is going to be on the defense, and I think it was it was kind of sneaky how they built that defense and how they they used the capital to build what they have today because that secondary. That secondary is pretty much a smoke show, brother. And I mean, you got Jack Campbell now. At your, your, so linebackers, if we were playing three, eh, but we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're playing one or two, right? And Broderick Martin, um, you know, Houston, uh, the growth there. Um, Charles Harris, who, who I talked to. Uh, I think, healthy, I mean, come yeah, back in. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and then, of course, Hutch. I, I, I Look. I'm really excited for Yeah, I'm really excited for what we see out of the, on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's where the big game, the big hits, and that's where I think going very all the way back to our first topic, where the Detroit Lions shock the world this year. I think the defense is how they come about it. The offense will still put up the, the we were talking about which in the chat which games it was that we were scoring 35, 38 points last year and still losing a game. Those those games aren't going to happen anymore. We're not. We score thirty eight points. We'll beat any team. We'll beat any team out there. I I feel like if we score thirty eight points against the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I just it's it's we're in a really really interesting spot. So I'm I'm feeling really good. I feel I feel really good about this team. How it's been built. How sneakily Brad Holmes put this defense together. Um and and just like when we interviewed Broderick, right? His his heart his soul, his, his commitment to the city, to this team. Um, it, it just, it gives me shivers even still when he's, when he made that promise, dude, I was just like, wow, that's, that's something I'm, I'm, that's I'm cool. really, really, really stoked, man. Really stoked for yeah. what we get in this team this year. Uh, I, I, I look at the, at the charter section there and they went from fifth to 13th in offense that 
that can happen to me. I, I, I believe that can happen for the Lions this year. And I'm not – I do believe that the Lions are going to regress a little bit offensively, even though I do – I completely agree with that they got better at running back. Um, not just David Montgomery either, but I think mm-hmm. I think we're going to look back at the end of the season and we're going to look at the people who are fretting still, still and they're, they're still – you're still out there, and I, I get it because Jameer Gibbs isn't signed yet. Maybe, maybe that's your trepidation. He's negotiating down for positional value. <laughs> I think – the jump that they've made in talent and speed from DeAndre Swift to Jameer Gibbs is going to blow people away. They're, they, remember the draft party in 20, whenever Swift was drafted. And I, and I, I remember saying this very clearly. I'm like, he's a speed back who doesn't have speed. And that's, I think that's fairly proven out pretty much the way he is. And Gibbs, Gibbs is a speed back who has speed. He's, yeah. He got clocked at 22.8 miles per hour. That's really damn fast. Yep. yep. Just watch some of the highlights that are out there of him at both Alabama and Georgia Tech. And he gets the corner on guys that have an angle on him. He can beat them to that point. That's not something that DeAndre Swift could do, certainly not frequently enough. So I think that – but that – I have concerns, a lot of concerns. My, my number one concern with this team is the, the lack of depth at the offensive tackle specifically, but overall on the line as well. And it, and this is something that has happened. Again, I studied history for a reason, and I, I apply the history to it. Um, when teams that are requiring their offense to have a really good offensive line and somebody goes down, it does not end well at all. I, too, study history, the, Jeff. There are and numbers of examples of that. So I, hopefully Matt Nelson can, hopefully Jermaine Effetti doesn't suck. Hopefully, hopefully Graham Glasgow is the Graham Glasgow that we let go to Denver and not the guy that Denver got. Well, <laughs> just, he was I, I'm, a, I'm a studier of history too, Riz. And I remember last I year are. going in, the number one fear on this team was the offensive line for one Jeff Risden. And all those was, was the year, year before. True. It, it, and that was, that was everybody, been two years ago. How? Yeah, it was two years ago. Last, last year, many, my biggest hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, How many guys went down? And Hank brought in a bunch of guys that people couldn't even pronounce their names, much less do who they Coyote were. Yeah, and they killed it. They absolutely just killed it. I, I'm. Hank Fraley. Well, no, it's the offseason. Frank Haley. Uh, Hank Fraley is absolutely. He's wearing his glasses, right? Doesn't have his cape on. Uh, <laughs> he is a wonder worker. And I know he has got those guys already. Um, Hank, Hank is this glue that. If it was anybody else leading that 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 group, if anybody else was in charge of that room, I would agree with you 110 percent. And I don't want to say I don't have concerns of losing a tackle. I think everybody should have concerns about losing a tackle, no matter who your backup is. Right. But I'm a little bit less concerned because of who we have running the show there and how he's brought up people that we were absolutely terrified to see and how we've watched them perform. Um, if anybody can pull them together, it's it's the hangster. So I'm, and again, I'm not trying to bust your chops over there. Right. Cause that you no, were absolutely no, that, right. That, but we saw some... memory jog because, because I, re- I remember Evan Brown, I, I watched him in training camp with the giants when they were in Detroit yeah, for that. Yeah. Trend, and then he then, then he got cut and went to the Browns. I remember watching him with the Browns. I'm like, he should have been cut. He wasn't good. 
And I had very low expectations for him. And give Hank a lot of credit for turning Evan Brown into a fantastic backup. Absolutely. And I still Evan. think that he's probably, I think he's out over his skis a little bit as a starter, but if he's your sixth lineman, you've got a damn good sixth lineman. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't see that guy on the roster right now. Maybe Colby Sorstall becomes that. I hope so. Be great. Not going to expect that out of a, a fifth round rookie coming out of William and Mary, but it could happen. Yeah. Um, but I, you know me, Chris. I like to worry about things that are out of my control. It's one of my faults in life. I, I, I know, bro. Be a better person than that. Be a better person than me. Try to only worry about the things that you can control. I I, I am terrified of the existential sometimes. Um, that's just, just how I am. I, uh, I live my I, life I like that, perpetually on a gummy. <laughs> that's, that's how I live my life. It's just like, what happens? We're going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. We'll get better. But uh, I want to I want to talk about Gibbs because it allude back to what yeah. you were discussing there with him because you're absolutely right. And I, I want to go into the whole you know yeah as a running back, but the offensive weapon piece of that and his ability to catch and run. Yes, I believe the Detroit Lions are going to evolve the running back position into something it's not been. I think that they're going to create a wrinkle with Gibbs there uh, into the offense that hasn't been seen and that is confusing AF for defenses out there. Um, Gibbs is the perfect piece for that. And especially when we start getting JMO back with the speed, I mean, it, it is going to be hell to play defense against this team, period. I mean, it's just going to you're going to be pick your poison. Who do you want to get embarrassed by today? Right. I mean, that's what it's going to look like. And and then you won't that's get to because exactly someone else will embarrass you anyway. Uh, I think Gibbs is going to revolutionize the position. And and this is one of the things in football that we we see. It's the creative new offenses that do things that people haven't seen before that wind up being the winner. Sean McVay, right? When everybody who even as janitor's best friend was getting a head coaching job or a, a offensive coordinator job somewhere, right? It was like, just go, just hire him. They knew they talked to him one time. It's that kind of thing because he had something new. It was, I think it's mostly for Intel versus what they think they, they got, but trying to figure out what was going on and, and put that together. Um, and there's with a lot Campbell, of like, with Campbell, I- with Campbell and Johnson really yeah. quick. I think that creativity and, and golf being a part of that, the three, Three of them together, because I think Campbell's a lot more involved in the offense than people want to give credit for, too. I think the three yes. of them are, are really, really putting something different together that is going to put the league on notice. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Let's let's harken back to the last topic. And we talked about the Los Angeles Chargers. They have a running back named Austin Eckler, who Gibbs is similar to. But I think Gibbs is also a better and more natural receiver and faster and faster through the hole than Austin Eckler is. But you can see that kind of usage. Eckler, I think, I believe he caught 90 passes one year. And and yeah. is, is that sort of dual threat type weapon. That's that's something that you better believe Ben Johnson's gonna be able to use that. Yep. And that's that's the type of thing that you can see. Oh my god, he went out into the slot. Who's going to cover him? Well, a linebacker. There's no way a linebacker can cover him in the slot because he's too fast. He's too slippery for that. What happens on the outside when Montgomery comes out of the slot and Gibbs goes in? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And you can move Laporta around. Laporta can go into. Laporta can take a wildcat snap. He did it at Iowa. Like there's a lot of different wrinkles that they can do. I do think that it's it's. Oh, sorry. Okay, got it. Uh, Brandon was down there. Uh, Jeff and Chris, how many tanks do you think Hank has? Well, I know 
He's got one of these Hank's tanks <laughs> shirt. Uh, we've got one signed by the entirety of the offensive line and Hank himself that we will be putting up for St. Jude um, and we'll be auctioning it off. It's, 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 it's wonderful. It's awesome, but you can get yours. Go to um, Detroit lions podcast.com slash store. All the, the lions shirts are there. There's some really cool new stuff coming out uh, and out right now that we haven't shown talked about whatever uh but great shirts great shirts there so check those out detroit lions podcast.com slash store and uh, get yourself some hanks tanks or some of the other there's a great ftp shirt there it's absolutely it's like an yes, ed hardy theme it's yes, cool. all right um last it's thing then nice. from the comments and i'll let you go go back to it riz um node stradamus says risk worrying about things out of your control is the number one reason for gout flare-ups so maybe maybe you should go with the well, I, mean, I worry about gout flare-ups all the time <laughs> That's why I'm drinking water now. Go the gummy route, brother. <laughs> that crap hurts, man. So yeah. this offense, this offense, like you talked about Eckler, he he was an, a massive weapon uh, and, and, and he is a dual threat. But I, I think you're going to find there's going to be a third degree of uh, Jameer Gibbs, that a third degree that he brings to that offense. And I think that's the, the magic that you're going to see from this coaching staff. And uh, we're going to love it. We're going to, we're going to love it. And, and, that's the other thing. Mo Ibrahim. Thanks, Don, for bringing it up. We haven't even talked about him, right? And and this is a guy. He, he might not make the team. <laughs> I don't know. He's really? got to beat. He's got to beat out two guys to make the team. He has the potential to do it. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't. I don't think he's the roster lock that a lot of people think he is. Um, he's old. He's injury prone, and he fumbles a lot. Those are three real strikes that he's got to overcome. Uh, to make the team, but he has talent. He absolutely has running back talent. There you go. Uh, and then last question here from Brandon. Uh, do you think Gibbs is really Percy Harvin? That's an interesting Percy one. Harvin. That's an interesting one because yeah. he was not a guy who enjoyed playing football. He was a very talented guy. Um, you remember he missed a, he missed, I don't remember how many games it was. Most of a season because he had headaches. Now, I, I'm not going to say that he was faking it or anything. Like Headaches can be debilitating. I, I absolutely yeah. Yeah. get that. He just wasn't ever a guy. Sort of like sort of like how a lot of us felt about DeAndre Swift. It's like, dude, you can probably suck it up a little bit more. You know, maybe, maybe we know you're not 100%. Maybe you're going to have to learn how to play at less than 100%. That was one of the big knocks on Percy Harvin throughout his career. Yeah. But as far as, like, usage... Yeah, I can I can kind of see that the the guy that I I hearken back to is Eric Metcalf uh, oh. of the Browns back in the 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 late nineties or I'm sorry late eighties early nineties. Uh, and if you want to know my like I am a Lions fan through and through, my all time favorite NFL highlight is Eric Metcalf catching a swing pass on Monday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals, and he like slalom skied into the end zone from the eight yard line through three guys without being touched. That that. Jameer Gibbs can do that, and I'm really looking forward to that. And by the way, Eric Metcalf ended his career as a wide receiver with the Dolphins, yeah. uh, and I, I can see Gibbs honestly, if, if like the injuries start to pile up and he's you know 28, 29 years old, becoming a slot receiver to prolong his career at the end. Of, that, that's how good of a receiver he is. Yeah. It's not just the fact that he's got good hands coming out of the backfield. He runs routes. He has crispness. He has alacrity. He has the ability to understand how to set up the spatial dynamics that it takes to be a, a great wide receiver, not just a running back. I think that that's something that think about. I don't. Th- well, 
I don't think that Lions fans have an appreciation of that yet. <laughs> I was starting to think about I think Gibbs. we'll get it. The, the, what Gibbs brings. And think about Gibbs rolling into the slot, right? And now Amon Ra comes yeah. across for a jet sweep, maybe, right? <laughs> like, oh. what is that going to do? To a de- I mean, it's crazy to think about all the combinations with motion. And, and, and from the same, again, the thing that Ben Johnson loves, and we'll just use the word multiple, even though it has like a brute and a bad, bad man. But the multiples sure. of that they can do out of the same formation, right? And this, this, and and the the long game of setting things up through running the same play out of the formation or slightly slight variations, and then completely running a different play out of the same formation. Um, really, really, I mean, just so smart about how these these coaches put this together, man. And now you have a guy that can be a threat anywhere on the field. That you got Amon-Ra, who's a threat anywhere. You got Gibbs, who's a threat anywhere. You got. Great and Mitchell and, and and Laporta as tight ends. You've got great tight ends. JMO comes out there. I mean, you've you've really got a series. And then let's not forget Montgomery because he, he's no slouch. I mean, we signed him, and it's now like everyone forgets that we have this really great between the tackles running back who's gonna who's can't be tackled. Like he's the the biggest thing that people talked about when we got him from the Lions was like they couldn't tackle this guy. It was too hard to take down. We've got him too. And the same broken tackle rate as Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb last year. Those guys yeah. are pretty damn good. Split Gibbs out. You get Amon Ra moving. You got and you got JMO on the outside, and then you just run it up the middle. <laughs> Who's gonna be there? Like, like you know what I mean? You it's can crazy. take advantage of the match. You can exploit how the defense like let's say you're playing a team that they're pretty good at outside corner, but their slots are weak. Free Bay. Free Bay specifically. That's how you attack them. Like let's let's yep. run double yep. slots. Oh my God, revolutionary. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's 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 and let's mix it up even more. Let's on first down have Laporta be in the slot. Second down, he goes out. Amon Ra's in the slot on one side. You flex Gibbs out to the other. Now they're like, oh crap! I got a I got a linebacker. Now I got to get a safety up there. Yeah, like those are the types of manipulations that you can do with that sort of thing, and I I absolutely trust that Ben Johnson will be able to do that, and I trust Jared Goff to make the right decisions on those plays because he's proven that he can do that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's and that's the, the, the issue is going to be. I think there's going to be more mistakes this year. Um, you're just not going to get that lucky to not throw an interception with, with 200 and. Or it's over. I think it's over 300 passes. Yeah. I think that's going to crash back a little bit. I think they're going to lose more fumbles. Uh, they got a little bit lucky on the bounces of the balls last year. That, but they will have enough to overcome that. And, and, and the defense—they're not, not going to be—they're not going to be in a shootout every game, right? The defense is not going to no. allow that to happen. And that's where—I mean, how many games did they lose because we couldn't stop the other team, right? I mean, it had to be four or five games last year that were just effectively shootouts, I mean, you right? Just look back, look back at Seattle, Buffalo. Um, what, what was the what was the what was the other one that really pissed me off? Uh, honestly, the 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 New England game was probably my least favorite because that was Philly game. That was probably. a game where the defense started to turn around and the offense was just wretched. Yeah. But the Philly game bothered me because it was the first one that we scored so many points and lost. Yeah. And I was like, those are the, those games really, really yeah. hurt. Those really hurt for me at least because you've done everything that you should to win the game, except stop the other team even once, you know what I mean? And that's where, yeah. Oh, and that, man. that was one 
where while it was playing out, I didn't expect the Lions were going to win that game. So maybe that's why that one doesn't sting me as much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that too. I was on the on the hope train. Like last year, I, I, I thought I thought they were going to beat New England last year. I thought that yeah. the Patriots were ripe for the picking. Yep. And they wound up being I think Carolina was the worst game, but New England, New England game was so frustrating mm-hmm. because you really you I remember watching that and I remember writing about it. I'm like the defense really they I think the final was twenty nine nothing, but the defense played well. But the that, that and they're going to have a game or two where the offense just isn't there for whatever reason. Yep. I, yep. It, it happens. It happens to every team. This year, the defense should be able to overcome that easier. They have a, they are more better equipped to handle the off day from Jared Goff or a game where Amon Ra drops the touchdown pass on, you know, some weird fluke of nature or a game where Frank Reg now just can't go with the toe Anthony Sewell gets hurt on the first drive of the game and you're playing two backups on your offensive line. That's going to happen. That, that happens in football. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Lions are better equipped now than they have been because I think the defense can steal a win or two on its own. I think they can actually do more than that. But I'll be conservative here and say that the defense will be able to win a lot more games than it did last year. And that's less pressure on the offense. And I think that's a very good thing. I think, it, I think that portends well for them to be a better team and have better success, even if the record isn't that much greater. Like I, again, we go through, we have to do the schedule game again. Yeah. That's one of the things that we have to do is editors on the wire. You'll see those coming out soon. I already did one, maybe six weeks ago. I got to do it again. Uh, and I will tell you right now, the, the final record that I come out with will not be any better than 11 and six. And it will probably be 10 and seven. And that might not seem like a massive increase in, like, oh, hey, we went nine eight last year. We we ripped off all those wins at the end of the year. What happened? Like, well, other teams got better too. I think that's something that a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this too, that guzzle the Kool Aid a little too much, forget that. Okay, yeah, some of these other teams that are on the schedule, they get a lot better too. Carolina, Let me ask you. much better team than they were last year when they kicked our ass. Let me ask you, um, how much do you think this is from Dr. Detroit? How much do you think this defense will improve this year from 24 to? I think they're, I think they'll be right around the league average in points and yards allowed. So somewhere between 14 and 18. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, All right. Another question from Nodestradamus. Does Gibbs finish with more rushing or receiving yards this year? That's a good question. Uh, I would tend to lean more towards rushing because I do think he's going to get a lot of attempts there. I just think they have so many receivers that there's going to be a game or two where he doesn't catch a pass. And there's going to be a game where he, you know, maybe does the old, he'll have the old theoretic line of five catches, 22 yards, two touchdowns. Like that, that could be realistic, but I think he's going to run for, It's tough to compare him to DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift was boom or bust big time as a runner. He would make the big runs, but he also had a lot of negative runs. I don't think you're going to get those with Gibbs. and I'm not sure that he's going to average. I I believe Swift averaged 5.2 yards per carry last year. I could be wrong. I'd actually be underselling him on that. I'm not sure that Gibbs will get that, but I think the volume and the, the 
quantity of quality runs will surpass what we got from Swift last year. That's, I did say that right. Yeah. The quantity of quality runs will be better. Don H has a question, and I'm going to re, re, recast it, so don't get mad at me, Don. <laughs> um, he, he's, he's like, how do they get a higher rating than middle of the pack, or what do you think they're still needing to get to the top? I think that last half is, is the thing. What is the biggest gap for the Lions or the biggest place where they can improve the team overall? I still don't think that outside of Gardner Johnson and Hutchinson, they have a true difference maker, um, a, a true impact. A I think Kirby Joseph could be one of those guys. A dude. I think Jack Campbell could be. A dude, right? Could be. Dude yeah. Theory. Yeah. Theory. Dude theory. To go, to go to Wisco in the, yeah. in the chat and Slack. They have guys who could be, but they haven't shown that they are yet. I think Aleem can make that jump this year, but until they show that, I can't say that they can do more than that. But they they have a lot of potential dudes. Yeah. We just need to see how many of them become them. Jerry, I don't think Jerry's. I don't think Jerry's going to quite get to that level. But I think he can be a a great accomplice to a dude. Yeah. I, think, oh, yeah. I think Jerry yeah. honestly would probably accept that as a fair critique of his skills. Yeah, I don't know. Jerry doesn't accept much in the way of critiques. So, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's going to text me and be like, boy, why are you selling me like that? He's, like, I, I am the man. Jerry's got the and right I, I, mindset. I he's got the right mindset yeah. for what he does. He, and he believes he's the man. And at that position, that's critically important exactly because when you, you don't do. think you're the man, you have Jeff Okuda. Yeah. You have CJ Henderson. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Don't work that way. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's let's get rolling. Uh we got another topic here that we're gonna talk about, and uh it could be a it could be a thick one. The two C's. The Detroit Lions cap situation, short term, long term. Let's talk about the the prospects for the Lions under the cap and the work that Brad Holmes has been doing thus far. Before we do, really quick, I want to ask everybody please, please like subscribe, hit the, uh, the subscribe button, the like button and uh, join us on this, this great journey we're on helps us helps people find us, especially this, this, this slow time of the year, your, your little finger presses and button clicks are, are vastly important. Interact with us we in the like chat. Them. It's a good time. We, 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 we talk, listen, take your questions, all that kind of stuff. So uh, get to it. We ask once a show, please like, please subscribe and uh, join us on this journey. It's a great time. And you will absolutely want to be subscribed in two weeks when we have that coaching interview from the Detroit Lions. All right, Mr. Risden, we want to talk about the short-term prospects for the Lions cap, and then we'll follow that up with the long-term. But yeah, tomorrow, so, so this stems we? from, this stems from, oh, who did it? I think it was PFF did it. And they did a, a one and three-year salary cap assessment. And I, I wrote this up for, or Lions where I should probably know who wrote I, I'm pretty sure it was BFF that did it. Um, and they, they went through and they cited the current cap situation, the rookie draft capital, or I'm sorry, um, rookie contract draft capital situation, the draft capital that's coming up situation, um, the guys who are pe pending free agents or are going to hit free agency and how much premium they might get. And the Lions ranked fifth in the NFL in that. And that's great. And in the short term, they are they are near the top in available cap room to spend in 2023 if they choose. I will add here on my own, 
they're not using it. Um, one of the things that I was going to record when I was going to do a series of shorts before life interfered was we still get people thinking that Teddy Bridgewater's coming. We still get people think that DeAndre Hopkins is coming. They're not coming to Detroit. The Lions are not spending that money, at least not on that, not until they have to break that emergency glass and do that. That's not why they have the cap money. Chris, you've talked about this a lot, and I agree with you on this. The Lions have this cap money now so they can roll it to next year when they have to pay Amonra and Goff and Sewell and Jerry and a lot of other needy players that are going to, if they want to bring CJ Gardner Johnson back, uh, they, they've got to, they've got to have that kind of money. And by having the money this year and not using it, they can use that in the future to help do that. So they're, they're not, they're not saving up to sign and Dominican Sue to a 10 million. That's, that's not going to happen. No. Uh, There's just the, not, that's not what they're doing. <laughs> they've grown these rookies, they've played these guys and they know exactly what they have in them and they'll commit. Yeah. And the lions have been really smart with how they've signed players, not just the short term players, but even some of the other deals they've been smart. They've, I don't want to say hometown discounts, but they've gotten players for good, fair prices rather than trying to be market busters. Uh, Anzalone came back for less money. Good, good enough. Like good, I'll just, I, I mean, he's better than good enough, but he's good enough player, right? At, at, at linebacker for this yep. team on that defense. Absolutely. And he brings a whole yes, lot in that veteran space for, for the other players around there. But the guys like Jerry that they brought from nothing as a UDFA, they're not going to train that guy up, get him to be all that. And then just cast him to the breeze. They're going to want to figure out a way to keep him around. They want to do that with all of these guys or the vast majority of these guys that they've picked up. Uh, Rodriguez, Malcolm Rodriguez. He's a guy that in year one, he's got things to work on, but he's a year one starter in the NFL at linebacker. You'd expect him to have some things to work on, right? Especially what is a fourth round pick? Was he, if I remember right? Six round pick. Six round. Thank you. Um, And then to get him started, you know what happens in three years, four years? They probably want to re-sign him if he grows the way, if, if Brad continues to scout talent the way he has and has that eye for talent the way he does. And if not, it's a low cost. They can cast him and let him go and, and continue to work because now we have Jack Campbell, right? We have these other pieces that we're putting in. But I believe that they're a team that wants to these, – these kind of guys, these rookies are their core. Are their are their heart and soul? They're not a you know a stamp players in and out kind of team. Like the Rams are very much a roll them through the door and roll them back out just to yeah. just very to transient. Running. Yeah, very transient. Like 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 Tampa. Uh, it's it's just yes. <laughs> you know people come, people go, yes. people go and go. That's not what the Lions are. The Lions have built a character and a team of character. I mean, I think they were the lowest number. What was it? The, oh God, it wasn't the lowest number of felonies of arrests, something, something like they were the lowest in the league for the last year. And it's because of not just the great players, but the type of players and the culture that they're building that a lot of that is built upon um, the lawn longevity. I almost said it wrong again. Uh, I've been working on that uh, <laughs> is built on longevity and, and, and committing to players that commit to them, right? Giving people a shot yes. to earn it. And when they earn it, paying them for it, not just milking the, the, the snot out of them and toss them into the street and let them go fight for a contract. Right. I, I like what they do. The money they're saving is exactly to keep as many of these guys around that they that they like and that are committed to the program and the and the mindset of this organization. I think that's what yeah. all this money is. And 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 you're talking about yeah. Taylor Decker. You're talking about a lot of those guys that they have to sign. Jerry, all that stuff. 
Yeah, and and some of those guys won't won't be here long term. That's that's the reality of football. But they're going to be in a good enough financial position that okay, let's say Taylor Decker walks when his contract's up, they don't have to go right out and spend their first round. Oh my God, we need a left tackle. We got to spend our first round pick on that. Like maybe they'll be able to afford comparable. Maybe that they'll have those options, and that's that's something that I think the way that. The the Mike Disner, the the chief operating officer, has struck. He, he's basically the guy that does the contracts. He has a vision for the capital side of things, and I think mm-hmm. Holmes has a good con- grasp of, of not overcommitting time as well as money. Like go back to Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers was a very good player, and the Lions were better for signing him. It was a smart move to sign him but they signed him for both too much money and too much time. Yes. Who on this roster right now is signed for too much time and money? Nobody. There isn't one. They don't have any albatrosses like that. And a couple that they might have had, Charles Harris, Alapulavati Vaitai, they restructured into more team-friendly deals. That's that's why you should be happy, and that's why they're fifth. Um, and 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 I, I I don't have the, the the piece in front of me, and I I remember doing the research on this. This was about a week ago that this came out. I'm thinking, I don't know why they're that low. Like they, you can make an argument that they should be two or three. The Eagles are number one, and I get that. Um, they're they're a good team, and they're because they have hit on Jalen Hurts as a second round rookie contract quarterback that makes a big difference <laughs> they've got a lot of other things going on with that too but the the lions have assets available via the draft or via cap room to acquire pieces that they're missing or pieces that they need to replace because th- there will be some guys that will say you know what thank you detroit i'm gonna evan brown's a good example seattle's gonna pay me more than you can i'm gonna go there that's my opportunity and God bless him. Go, go, go kill it, Evan. I hope you do. I like yeah. you. Yeah. But that's that. And the Lions are in a really, we talked earlier about the Saints and their cap hell. The Rams and their starting, starting guys who can't make USFL teams on defense right now. That, like, the Lions aren't going to be like that. Now, the, the, the only. The counterpunch to that is that they don't have anybody that really commands the top dollar. This is what we talked about on, on, on was it Don's question about the defense? Yep. Who's going to earn that max con? I know they do, I'm thinking NBA, but who's going to get the five year, $150 million contract? Hutchinson might, might get there someday. Wouldn't surprise me if he does, but they don't have anybody like Amon Ra is a great receiver and he's going to get paid next summer. I think he's going to get paid that. I don't think he's top tier pay. I think he's going to be that. Oh, I don't think they're going to do seven years deals anymore. I think that I, I think players have realized that that's a terrible concept. Um, that that's their agents raking them for the 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 six percent fee that they can get off that. I think you're going to see a lot more players do what Kirk Cousins does, do what C.J. Gardner Johnson did and sign one-year deals and get those max guaranteed funds every year and be more in control of their fate. 
and the Lions will be in position to, to sign more guys like that. And like like CJ Gardner Jones came here. Out he liked Aaron Glenn. He likes the fact that the Lions were a bitch to play against. He likes the fact that they have a coaching staff that they're on the come up. And if you've got guys locked into deals the way that they did with Trey Flowers, the way that they did with I'm trying to think of uh, like had they re, had they done things with TJ Hawkinson, like they signed him to what Minnesota did, that paralyzes your flexibility to do those sorts of things. And I think that's why the Lions ranked so well, both short and long term there. So I'm extraordinarily pleased with the way that Brad Campbell I'm sorry, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, uh, Mike Disner, um, and I'll, I'll give Rod Wood a little bit of credit here because Rod Wood, Rod Wood is the guy that signs those checks. Like, well, he's the guy making football decisions, right? Yeah, absolutely. He makes them all. Chris Spielman is a social construct. <laughs> Chris Spielman is the ultimate construction. <laughs> My God, it's funny, Riz, how you know. We grew up completely separate places, and he was the guy for both of us. Thread, man. The the <laughs> absolutely loved him. He, you know, Chris Spielman. You know who he reminds me of? A different Detroit sport, but very much in the same kind of uh, gritty, really highly skilled uh, kind of player. Vladimir Konstantinov when he played, I absolutely yeah. loved Vladdy on the ice. He was absolutely fantastic. And it's that same, those two guys are the two guys who, who gave me my love of the defensive side of sports. And, and anytime, like when, when playing sports, I always, I always go defense. I always go defense. Offense is fun. It's, you know, you, you can, you know, do all the things, but defense, I love it's just for me that like the strategy and the the ability for defense yeah. and hockey to put that hit on right. I mean, I just I, I've yeah, and, and like it, like mm, Nicholas Lindstrom was probably what, what he was. He was Lady indeed Pinka. a better yeah. player, mm-hmm. but Vladdy was the guy that was like that's the guy that and, and everybody had him. that when he played. Like he wasn't the best, but he was the guy that he liked the most. Yeah. It was pretty damn good what he did. Yeah, yeah, and the I'm bad boys, the good one, Brandon, the bad boys, right? The 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 Pistons yeah. back then were those those and it was they were a defensive team. They were tough. They 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 played a mean game. And you know what? You look at you you look at Dan Campbell and his personality and that grit and the whole thing. It's that whole the kneecaps as 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 fun and and as as those kind of conversations were and those those interviews and all that. The reality is is that's a mentality and that mentality like. Vladimir Konstantinov That's the Rick was Horn, Bill beer mentality. Vladimir Konstantinov was in everybody's head. Every offensive player yes. in the league that wasn't on the Red Wings hated him, but he was in their head before yes. they even started playing the game, right? Yep. And and Dan Campbell's very much the same way. I mean, when we were in LA watching the game, you know, the the game against Stafford, right? The whole thing, and um. Was that it? Yeah. And and so anyway, we're in LA watching the Rams game with the Lions. Boy, it's a little it's a long time ago. Um first first kick of the game, right? They get the ball first, they march on the field, whatever, and then I think they got a field goal, and then they 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 go to kick off onside kick, 
right? The whole league said, what the fuck? Like immediately they stood there, could not believe what they got. And that, that's like that shot across the bow. Dan Campbell is in your head. You do not know what he's going to do. Is he going to go for it? Is he not? Is he going to trick play? Like what in the heck is going on? And and it, it rolls into how that offense works. We talked about that earlier, but it's that being in their head before you even get onto the field is a, is a really interesting thing. And, and that grit, and that in the head thing are, is a great combination to have. I think I think Campbell's really hit on it, and I mean he is made for Detroit. Detroit is made for him, and I I, I love to see this. This is this is he played no here, what, and I, I think I think we tend to gloss over the fact that he played here, um, because he did. Quite frankly, he wasn't a memorable he wasn't a memorable player when he was here. He was here at a very dark time, <laughs> but he 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 gets that, and he was here. Um, for the going to work Pistons, like that—that that was his era. You know, 06 to oh eight. Yeah, you know, yeah. That that team had some grit to it. You know, Chauncey and Ben, and like I, I say, this is a Cavs fan. Like that—that that was the team that my Cavs had to overcome to get where they wanted to go to, and it was not easy. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 I have a ton of respect for those those Pistons teams because they were so much better as the sum of their parts than they were as individuals. Mm-hmm. Like Rip Hamilton wasn't going to work for every team. He was perfect yes. with yeah. the guys that they had around him. Yeah. Like that they, Tayshawn Prince, not a great player on his own, but the things that he did well in coaching, they asked him to do it a lot and they didn't ask him to do things that he wasn't good at. Like that, that was, that was a, that was a brilliantly conceived team and i think you're seeing that with these lions there are there are tentacles back to that 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 pistons team i will tell you i think uh, particularly on the defense i think particularly on the defense of the lions team right now that's what you're seeing i think i mean you have a lot of really talented skills players and and and, i mean across the board on the offense right there's a just a ton of talent i think you're seeing a defense that is the whole is better than the sum of its parts. The, the 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 total, the sum total of what they create is above what any single one of them cre- that can create, and that's where I think they're we're, what we're going to see out of them. And I think Aaron Glenn is going to be absolutely put on a pedestal this year, similar to Ben Johnson. Uh, if if he can if he can pull this off, and I believe he can, I, I believe he can. <laughs> I honestly do. And I think he's, you know, we've talked about how this roster has been constructed, the pressure that was on Jared Goff. They knew they needed Jared Goff. They put all the weapons and all the, 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 everything into that. And so it worked. We're scoring points, right? But we were in these shootouts. We couldn't stop the other team from scoring because we just didn't have the defensive talent. I think the, the pieces are there. I think Aaron Glenn, knowing everybody, knowing, you know, the, the GM, knowing the coach, the way he has, he's, accepted that he's going to, it's going to take time, but he's going to get his players. And I think his, we're going to see everything that Aaron Glenn has. And I think people are really going to be impressed. What, what he's, what he's bringing to this defense this year and how this defense performs. This is uh this is good times. This is good times, man. And if it doesn't, they'll have a new coordinator in 2024. And, and Aaron Glenn knows that. Yeah. And yep. he's good with that. He wants that pressure. He wants that challenge. Yeah. He knows he, he believes in himself. Like we talked about with Jerry, there's a man who has the confidence in himself to overcome some of the very real deficiencies that he's shown in his 
NFL coaching career. I, I, I'm not going to say that I am fully confident in Aaron Glenn to get that job done, but I, first off, I'm not going to tell him that to his face because he kicked my ass. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I, I think, I think he, the way that the team responded to him specifically, the defense going down the stretch when they got a lot better. I think that's something that he's not taken for granted. I think he sees that not as the end game, but as the path that he knows that he can take now with this particular group of people and men and go further with that. Yeah. And that that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm so bullish on this defense because I think Aaron Glenn finally has a defense that's in his own image and that he understands he yep. has players in there who understand his vision better. Yep. That's why exactly. Anzalone is so valuable in coming back. It's it, it going right there. That, exactly the yeah. same thing. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. And, and Anzalone by himself is not Anzalone in this defense. And that's what I think people are really yep. going to see this year. Agreed. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. And for I, I'm, I'm so bullish on Cam Sutton, man. Just, oh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Just, just talking to him the way, and, and I'll go back to the, the media day. Ken Brown and I got to spend like 10 minutes with him by ourselves. And he he would have talked. He would have been very happy talking to just the two of us for an hour. Mm-hmm. And like this, you can tell he was this high school class valedictorian. Dude's smart and, and a good talker and has clearly, you know, good, good communicator. But the way that he talked about pieces fitting together, the structure, the the construct, what attracted him to wanting to play for Aaron Glenn and the opportunity that he has here. And it's he's he's a really good player, folks. He's really good. And I think you're gonna like him in Detroit. I know I know you don't watch a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers football in general. Dude was really good for them. <laughs> Um, having John Fox to assist Aaron Glenn is huge as well. Yeah, yeah. John Fox, this is another one of those I agree with that. quietly loud, great kind of signings, if you will, on the coaching staff. I, I really, really like John Fox. I really love and him. He, he has sort of that, he can be sort of the yin-yang to with Aaron Glenn. Yep. Uh, and he's, John Fox is not a guy who's going to not bite his tongue. Right. Like if he thinks that Aaron Glenn can do something better, he's going to tell Aaron Glenn that I think he can do this better. And he has the 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 gravitas and the experience that AG is going to respect that. Fox he, isn't going to go go to him, and it's not going to be you know Kevin Gilbride and Jerry Glanville fighting on the sidelines. It's going to be, look, maybe you can try this. Or in my experience, I've seen that this can work with this situation. Can we try this because it's not working? Um, I'll go back to so Quandre Diggs came up this week, and uh, I love Quandre. I still love Quandre. Yeah, and you do have a man crush. I think most people know the story now, but the reason why he completely fell out of favor is because he went to Matt Patricia and said specifically, "We cannot run this defense with this personnel." And there was there was one specific player that he cited out about it. And Patricia instead said, F you, get out of my face. And 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 by the way, what Quandre said was right. <laughs> yep. 
I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm still pissed about that. Honestly, I, that move still bothers me to this day because I know they, I know they've done a good job in getting, you know, Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, I'm pretty happy with the safety group we got right up. Brian Branch coming in. Yeah. I, I love I, Quandre. I will I, always love that dude. And he's been really good in Seattle. I know, the, I know there are fans that are like, oh, he just can't intercept passes. Like, what's wrong with intercepting passes? Here's the thing, though. And it, it's it's a high price to pay. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, right? Um, yeah. But we all sit here and we hold it up and say, show me on the Teddy where Maddie P touched you, right? But the reality yep. is if Slay and Quandre Diggs were still on this team, we may have wound up with another year of Matt Patricia because the outcomes of a lot of games would have been different. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Again, thought of that. high price to pay. High price to pay. But – Guys like that, those are two guys that could have kept the illusion that this thing could work another year. Yeah. God, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's ugly. Good perspective. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. Now I feel a little bit better. Not yeah, no, I, I would love to have them back. I would love to have them both, even now. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I love those guys. I loved I love their spirit, their approach to life. They're just so like I I just watching them, I learned a lot, like how to appreciate living. You know what I mean? It's funny as an older guy, a guy older than them for sure, uh, learning something like about about life. You know what I mean? But you, 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 I'm always looking and learning and trying to pick stuff up from no anybody out there, right? Who's who's doing things well? Who's doing yep. things smart? And the way that they just embraced the art of living life is something that I, I really kind of yeah, I learned from. It was great. So I miss those guys. I really, I really wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me or disappoint me if either of those guys came back to Detroit in a year or two or three. Um, and ring horde because I think the lines are still going to be in contention then. Yeah. And that, that's, that, this is the other point. I had this conversation with, with somebody this weekend, but like, what happens if the lions don't do great this year? I'm like, well, they're not going away. I, I, this isn't, this isn't a team that's built to win just this year. This is a team that's built to win. Like the Ravens are like the Ravens are never bad. Like they're always close and good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Broncos were that way for years and years and years. They they haven't been lately, but the, the Seahawks, by and large, they're very rarely bad. Every year, you've got to take them very seriously that they they could win their division. That's what this Lions team is building towards. And, and if they don't get it done this year, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be disappointing. That doesn't mean that they can't do it in twenty twenty four. And I don't think that they've been in that position before. You know, you go back to the Jim Schwartz, the twenty, the the first year they made the postseason. Okay, that was a turning point where they could have kept going up or fallen back, and they fell back. And yeah. so that was because Schwartz didn't know how to handle a good team. He was only he was only a good coach of a bad team. He wasn't a good coach of a good team. I don't think I just knocked my headphone out. I don't think we're worried about that with Dan Campbell. I think he'll be able to coach a good football team. Yeah, um, yeah. probably even better than he coached a bad football team. Quite frankly. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I that, I, and yeah, and that, yeah. that's that's something that John Harbaugh has proven to be very good at. Is and you know Pete Carroll's very good at that. I think uh, Andy Reid. You, you very rarely see a bad Andy Reid team. That's what these Lions are going for more than they're going for. The oh, we're going to bubble up for a year or two and then we're going to go away. Right. That's not what this is about. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, 100%. Um, Don H., thank you, brother, for the super chat. Saving my coin for the St. <laughs> Jude kids, but I got to see the lights. Let's go, FTP. I think we landed on the first weekend of um, December for St. Jude this year, so uh, we'll have that going on. We have some, so. already working on some good stuff, so uh, thank you, Don, in advance for helping support that. Um, yep. uh, let's see what else we got. And and Tom, what's his name? The Packers guy, Tom Gossi. Actually, Grossy, Gross, Grossy, In Cleveland, it's Tony Grossy, and that's a that's a foul word. He's he's there. He's worse than their Carlos. Grossy, Grossy. Thank you, Mike Mitchell's old. It's Grossy. Okay. Yeah, what a what a awesome dude. What he did for St. Jude, thirty-two cities in like thirty-two days or thirty-three, whatever it was. Um, yeah, stopped in Detroit. Sweet. It was really cool. to stop in Detroit. It was a lot of fun. He had a lot of fun with Lions fans, but. Um, him doing that, you know, salute, big salute to him because uh, anything, anything, you know, for St. Jude, anyone who does anything for St. Jude gets a, a tip of the cap for me. That's a hell of a, hell of a, uh, a charity. So good on him, man. Good work. Yeah. All right. Let's well, one see. One of the reasons why we love Tom Kennedy so much is because Tom, Tom Kennedy, by the way, joined us on the telethon last year. Yes, he did. I talked about his St. Jude experience and why yeah. he wears that as his cause for fleets. Um, yeah. Thank you to Solomon from the, the Lions media team for, for making that happen. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was awesome. Loved yeah. it. Um, maybe we'll get Tom Kennedy again. I wouldn't surprise me if he's still around. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we, a lot of people try to, myself included, try to write him off. Nope, he's, nope. he's the roster cockroach, man. You can't kill him. <laughs> he just keeps coming up. He he shouted out Detroit specifically on Eisen. I'll tell you what, man. The uh, Eisen, that's the thing, Mitchell. Eisen is the guy, if you want to talk about you know the white whales, it's it's Chris Spielman, but in, in the broadcast yeah. space, uh, Rich Eisen good. is is my guy. He is my like my my soul, my heart. And I would we've asked every year and worked with St. Jude to try to get him on. It just hasn't come together. I would love to be across a microphone from from Rich Eisen. He's a, he's a special kind of cat, a really really good dude who's just amazing at what he does. I I I love him. So one day one day maybe we'll get lucky. So, all right. With that, let's see. Thank you again, Don H, for that super chat. That was that was kind. Um, got to see the go go lights. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to talk one more quick thing. Get, cat out. Yes, they blew through the door. I mean, they, 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 the lights started. They, the cats go nuts on the on the lights. Every now and then, you might see them like on this side over here or this side over here, flying at the walls, trying to knock the lights off. And it's funny every time. Um, but yeah, the door. I didn't. I don't close it it was like it was like kramer. five bucks just to watch that again <laughs> it's like kramer coming in every time like, boom they come flying Dude, cats just insane <laughs> so funny oh man okay one last topic and, and then we'll call it uh oh please subscribe and like and hit the, the love you button and it, we, we appreciate you doing that um means a lot um okay i want to hit the last thing uh the last topic that we have here um Malik Willis for the Malik Willis truthers is not guaranteed a roster spot, man. That went fast. All right. With that, let's call it an episode. <laughs> so did that topic. <laughs> That's we, all we got to say about we, that. We missed, we missed the July 3rd show. We gave you a, we went a little extra. We're about two hours to this time uh, for y'all. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, for being patient with us. Giving us a little bit of time yeah, off. We, we finally were able to coordinate again. Life has been crazy this summer. I'm sure it's crazy for a lot of you to um, bear through it. We have football coming soon. 
Um, Absolutely. Unless you're a Northwestern fan, because your program just hit the crapper. They fired Pat Fitzgerald yep. today, and he needed yep. to be fired based on the allegations that were there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're 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 getting back to normalcy here, and hopefully, you can enjoy what we have to offer and what what Gray and Bischoff and all Pat, such people that are Patrick best. Fitzgerald and Gerald Fitzpatrick. Um, when does when does training camp start? <laughs> It is the 18th coaches show up on the 19th. It is rookies. And on the 22nd veterans uh, are due at camp. And then the first uh, camp day open for lions. Loyal members is the 29th. And, um, Yes. We'll be there the following week. We'll have our, our training camp party. We'll be at training camp. Find me. I'm always, if, if you want to know where I'm at, um, it, it'll be set up the same way. I looked, um, I'm it in the, yes. the top last, very top row on the last aisle before the VIP tent. Um, but when I'm, when I'm not in the VIP tent, um, of the, the, the bleachers, the furthest around you can be at the very, very top row. Um, uh, that's just kind of where I always camp out and make my spot. It's, I, I love that spot and we hang out with people. Come say hi. More than welcome. Even if you can't make the party, come join and, uh, and, and say hi and hang out. We have a good time uh, at training camp. Um, anyone with season tickets, um, if you aren't going any of those days, say between August 3rd and the 9th, 8th, sorry, the 8th, yeah. hook a brother up. Um, I'm, yeah, so, I'm bringing my so boy year, and my wife, and I, and I I need to get some tickets for them for the Lions Loyal Days. Yeah, as well. so this year they do require you to have tickets. The tickets are free, yep. but they do require you to have them, and I know there's a lot of people that are up in arms about this. I will tell you, the Lions are like the last team in the NFL to get onto the fact that, oh, my God, we need to have tickets to give out to people so we can control who comes into our building. Yeah, <laughs> because there is some nefarity that goes along with that. But I, I'll, I go back to, uh, I, I remember going to Cleveland Browns camp in the 90s. You had to have tickets back then for them um, <laughs> This before they moved. Um, like, like this is, this is Indianapolis. You, I, I dare say that the Colts have always required you to have a ticket. Again, it's free, but to get into their training camp, we, they just want to know who's there. Um, yeah. And and also who all will be coming that it allows them to control that they can they can figure out like you know oh our concessions need to be you know the, the, there's a whole lot of things that go into that and the lions have finally evolved into that and that that's a good thing um, yeah. the tickets are again they're free you do have to register for them do it on their their website if you're a season ticket holder or a lions loyalty member they have already sent you instructions on that I know they have um, I have them check it out. So and, and and hit me out. You can hit Twitter or Threads, Detroit Lions Podcast on the on Threads, D E T Lions Podcast on Twitter, or uh, Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast dot Hit me an email. Um, just looking for some help with some of those tickets. If you're not going on one of those Lions loyal days, or you have VIP tickets that you can't use or whatever uh, for the tenth, please let me know. I'd be happy to to work something out and get something because um, we're flying, like I said, flying the whole crew up to enjoy it this year because it's kind of probably the last time we all get to do something at the Lions together as a fam. So there you go. All right, remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you donate $5 or more a month, you will get yourself access to the ultimate Lions chat, the Slack, the Detroit Lions podcast Slack. There's no, there's no shutting it down or blacking it out. There's none of that stuff going on. It's a great place. Great conversations. Great crew. Um, Long Slack. <laughs> tons, tons of channels. There we go. There you go. <laughs> 
tons of channels great stuff great conversations uh it's a great place to be and especially in the slower season tons of talk going on um next week uh probably not a live show but we're gonna have a whole bunch of content rolling out from the likes of michael gray jeff risden Chris, uh, maybe even Scott, maybe even Ash, but we're going to have multiples all week for you next week. And then the following week, we'll be back with uh, live shows and get going as we kick this thing into gear. Don't forget about the training camp party, party party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get your tickets. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. I mean it. Uh, Join us. Uptown Grill and Commerce, uh, food, dinner, the whole thing is included. Price the ticket. There's no profit. It's all paying for the room and the food. Uh, if you if you get alcohol, you have to pay for it. If you're good on soft drinks, you can get soft drinks for free all night and enjoy them. Um, so go party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions Podcast, D-E-T Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden, as you see right there. We are pants-free all the time on the tweet machine. And we're we're on the we're on the threads thing right now. It's new. It's interesting. I think I've heard people saying that they're moving there from Twitter. I don't know. If that's a smart move, but it's we'll see what it we'll see what it becomes. It's, it's it has some it has some intrigue. Um, it's it, there are times where I think it's getting better. Um, I, I was on it a lot over the weekend. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm giving it an honest chance. I am posting some content that I don't necessarily want to put on Twitter. I want to keep it special for the people that are on Threads or the Slack. Uh, so check it out. Um, follow me on there. I am Jeff Riz 19. Yep. We're Detroit Lions podcast. I have a feeling this is as good as it's going to get, to be honest with you, because the ads haven't started I'm yet. Kind of with you on that. <laughs> until until some Twitter's at a at a point where it's got to go one way or another. And if it goes other um, threads, is probably a good place to bounce to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. Leave a message, Detroit Lions Podcast on Skype, or you can use the Lions line at 248-782-8384, 248-RUB-U-FUG. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast because Jeff wants to. I I want to come in your earholes automatically. Desperately, he wants Desperately, he wants you to. Uh, let's see. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. I haven't done this in a while. I have to remember how to do it again. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. And it's because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for joining us again. Thank you all for kicking it through the, uh, the summer with us. We're almost there. We're almost there. Good times. Love you all. Thanks. <laughs>